What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, February 7th, and it is, uh, well, depending on if you want to be a jackass about it, it's either week one of the college lacrosse season or week two. I've, I've seen some people call last week week zero. Um, that's something that they do in football. I don't really know if we need to do that in lacrosse, but uh, just another week full of just some big-time matchups in uh, college lacrosse. So, Jake, uh, how you, how you feeling this week? I know, I know you, uh, get to get yourself going here as, as a Hopkins student now these, these days. So this is your first season as a, as a tuition payer. That's right. This is my first season as I, I'm officially a Hopkins Helmer. Uh, I am all in on hop. I've got two Hopkins sweatshirts. So like I'm, I'm, I'm really in there. I think I might just, uh, I think I might go order a student ID, um, you know, upload my picture and all that good stuff and maybe flex that a little bit, but no man, you should go to a game and just like join the band, but like, don't play like an actual band instrument. Like bring, bring like an acoustic guitar and just like, as they're playing after each goal, just go with Wonderwall. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to call, uh, I feel like, um, if you, I mean, I feel like I follow the right people on Twitter because I didn't see anybody calling it week zero. I know that, you know, you being a big J journalist, you have to follow a bunch of dorks who put their own spin on everything, you know, you included. Uh, uh, I'll be honest. About- I'm at, I'm at a thousand two. I'm looking at it right now. 1,222. I'm, I'm following that right now. I, I gotta, I gotta trim the fat. Yeah. So, that's, that's way too many. Some of you guys are about to get cut. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody in Jordy's mentions, I mean, you got to make your case for, you know, sticking around, but no, man, I'm, I'm excited. I think that, uh, so yeah, we, we got our first taste of the games last week. They were great. Um, we got a great slate of games coming up. Um, and I, I mean, I'll call it, I'll call it maybe, maybe last week was week, like half week 0.5. And this is, this is week <laughs> one. So I, I, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's this week. Whatever can make it more complicated than it needs to be, that's what we'll go with. Um, but regardless, the biggest winner of week zero, week half, week one, whatever you wanted to call it, the first weekend of February, the biggest winner has to be the North Carolina Tar Heels because they picked up a legend in the transfer portal. Christopher Gray, you sick, sick son of a bitch. Take a bow. First game in the Carolina Blue. He comes out... He has four goals in the first goddamn quarter and then just decided to, you know, pack it in for the rest of the day. He didn't want to, you know, I'm a firm believer. You only have like so many goals in, in the, uh, in the gas tank for the season. So he didn't want to waste all of them against Colgate. Uh, fuck geez. Colgate, like, Mm. uh, gonna be, gonna be a rough season. If that's the defensive effort we get all season out of Colgate. Uh, but Chris Gray just coming out on fire four goals, two assists in his UNC debut. Um, I mean, that right there, that's – you have to be able to make so many – like, going to a new school, like, I I don't really know. I I didn't move around as a kid, um, you know, and then I – you, Jake, you've – I believe you've gone to, like, 18 different colleges. Correct. Like, uh, I've I've only gone to the one. So – like I can't really relate to having to go to a new school and like figure out a way to like meet new people and like make new friends and shit like that. Like I had, you know, 
my, my school growing up and then just one college. Chris Gray, you just earned yourself unlimited friends. Like he's going to have so many buddies at Chapel Hill now. Like you come out with that performance in game one, you're, you got to be top dog on the campus, especially with how shit the basketball team is right now. Uh, yeah, I, yes, I did go to about 18 colleges, but I did have the same type deal with Chris, you know, Chris, I guess he's no longer Chris Gray. He's Chris Carolina blue. Um, but I, I did have the same deal with Chris Gray, uh, where I transferred to a different school and, but I immediately was playing lacrosse. So I had that to tap into, um, all the goons on the lacrosse team. So I'm sure they welcomed them with open arms. Uh, and it sure looks like they did, uh, they were, cause they were spreading the ball around to him very, uh, how, how could you say, um, it, it was interesting. So there were a lot of people who were reporting on this game were like, uh, it wasn't in, and, and, and I don't know if I respect this at all. Uh, but they were saying it wasn't really about Chris Gray. It was, uh, UNC's offense being unselfish. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's, well, that's a weird spin. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a pretty weird spin. I think it was Chris Gray absolutely being in the right place in the right time. Like, there's no reason that somebody should score a hundred points in a season. And he did it last year very comfortably. And at this rate, he's he might do it again. You know, I, I don't I, it, give the guy some credit for being who he is. Not that, you know, the guys on the team didn't help out, but come on. Here's the thing. Like when you're, I when you're at this level of lacrosse, like, like having assisted goals and shit like that, like that doesn't, it's not because you're unselfish. Like it's not like guys are like making like this, like conscious effort being like, Oh, like, you know, I want to, I want to really like share the ball. Like, no, it's just like, these guys are like so nasty and they operate at such a high level that they just bang the ball around and just make defenses look like full. Like, like who, who had the one, uh, it was like the one handed kind of like a one handed shovel pass on, on the one might've been like Chris Gray's third goal of the game. Um, Think think it might have been Cook, right? Um, but either way, like like those those goals right there, it's like you look at it and you're like, wow, like you know, a lot of assisted goals. But like that, it it just happens because they're nasty. It's not because like, oh, look at how unselfish they are. It's like no, they're just fucking freaks and they're dummying teams and and that's you know that's really all there is to it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if like unselfish would be the word that I would use there. I would just say that they're like just loaded and just have a ton of talent with those top six guys real quick. I would like to give all the listeners here a little peek behind the curtain. So, uh, you know, if, if we re- rewind about a, a minute and a half or so you heard Jake refer to him as Chris Carolina blue. And I, <laughs> I saved the receipts on this one. All right. So again, here's a little peek behind the curtain earlier in the week, Jake and I were texting and I and I had said that joke to him, and I got booed off of the text. I, I'm pretty yes. sure that Jake had had left the text, maybe blocked my number for at least 24 hours, said it was that bad, which made me – I wanted to break that out on the podcast here, but I was real self-conscious after Jake's uh, response to my original joke, and then he just comes in and joke cucks me right off the bat. Um, so trouble in paradise, maybe a little bit. Uh, perhaps I think we're lucky we don't live near each other. You would have like driven a car into my house or something for, for, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I guess I, su- I suppose I, I took the responsibility for the joke. So if it flops, I look like a dumbass. but if it hits, 
now you look like a genius, a creative genius. So I think it works for both of us. Spin zone, it's uh, it's good for the pod. Well, all right. Well, it's good for the pod, um, and it's 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 good for UNC because that offense, again, Colgate. Uh, no offense, like it's the first game. You guys are still figuring shit out a little bit, but um, yeah, thanks for coming out. Not that I mean, just that that defense. It, it was like it was like eighteen to two at one point. I, I feel like I mean the final score ended up being nineteen to six, which was like almost semi respectable for how bad that Colgate defense looked like. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go for the rest of North Carolina season. Like once they, you know, once they get into ACC play, um, things will be a little bit different, but I, I think when you add a kid who put up a hundred points last year, 70 points as a freshman, um, you know, and, and now you add him to this lineup, like, like this is a, he's a legitimate game changer and probably in, in the way that UNC hasn't had since like, like a Sankey. Uh, you know, I agree. Uh, Chris is. I, I, I have a lot of feelings about it because of his size. Um, I think that because of he's, he's not the biggest guy on the field. Um, you've either got to, I mean, you put him up against the Tucker Durkin, you put him up against uh, Matt McMahon guys who have seven, eight foot wingspans he's going to pull a grant amit on you and get pull up with seven or eight assists. Um, if you body him up, his footwork is so fantastic and he seems to always be in the great, the right, the right place in the right time. Um, I just, it, it's, it is, he's a, he's a once in a, once in a every few years player. Um, and he's always, I mean, to me in that, in that UNC game, he was literally at the right place at the right time every single time. So I'm excited to watch him play the rest of the season. I know Colgate isn't, um, they, I was just looking at the schedule. They have to play Syracuse to squeak in, you know, that's, that's a rough two first games because you got with Syracuse, you got Chase Scanlon and Tucker Dordovic back. So good luck to Colgate for the rest of the season, boys. Dude, and that's going up. That's going up against the Syracuse team. So they just put out their new uh, STX Rivals helmet. And those are uh, – I, I know that, that we've, we've hated before. I think that I'm all the way sold on the rival. Okay. Point. okay. I, think I'm, I think I'm all the way in. I think that it's taken them a while to figure out how to, like, design the, the – you know, like the, the graphic – the logos and shit like that. Um, I think I'm all the way in. I mean, I think that these these Syracuse ones look phenomenal. Um, I, th- I think that they really dialed it in over the PLL season. Like some some of those, like like the the Whip Snakes ones, just look fantastic. So um, you know, you know that Syracuse is going to come out on. Well, I guess later this afternoon because that is a 4 p.m. on Friday game. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more later. Um, uh, uh, let's stay in the ACC. Because one team that is all the way back on their bullshit, they are 1 million trillion percent back on their bullshit. It is John Donowski and the Duke Blue Devils because Mm. these sons of bitches, did they do it again or did they do it again for the second time in what, three years now? They have lost a season opener to Air Force and they, that's now what, they're, 
third loss in five years to Air Force. So yes. Now some people are saying, hey, don't blame Duke. They just love the troops that much. Um, you know, I know typically when we think about the troops, it's it's usually Army and Navy, but you can't forget about Air Force. Uh, and Duke has them on the schedule pretty frequently. So are they losing on purpose just because they respect the troops? Maybe. Or are they doing this because John Donowski is just a, he's a he's a conductor of chaos is is what he is and he loves to just he loves to do this every he's addicted to sucking in February just so that he can go on a run and and get the run started in late March keep it buzzing in April and then all of a sudden there they are and at the very least the quarterfinals in May. Yeah, you. I mean. I don't want to say, you know, I, I, I hate to brag. Okay. I'm a, I'm not a bragging guy. I'm just not, but I'm going to do it. I said it on the air, uh, on, on air, on the pod last week, count it that air force was taking down Duke. All right. I knew it. I felt it in my bones because I think this Duke team is kind of scary. All right. I think losing the air force three times in five, yeah, three times in five years is going to, piss them off especially with the last writing getting the ball back and the pole goal top cheese god that's got a fucking absolute i mean he's a bouncer but top cheese i mean that's gotta that's gotta piss you off for the rest of the season right so and then in their second game you know they they got to play high point who very well they played maryland very well maryland's just got way more weapons way more cohesive offense but um I mean, they played, they got to play high point. So listen, I hate bragging on myself, but I did, I did call that. All right. I knew it. I felt it. Um, and Brennan Dodd gets credit for Air Force for leading the charge. Big boy. Um, I can't, I can't help think when I watch like Air Force or Army or Navy play, it's like, fuck, these guys work for the government. They're like, like the DMV. <laughs> like the, the, I don't I don't think that they're like the I, <laughs> I, it, it, I don't know why my brain short circuits every time I think about it but I'm like damn they gotta walk around like ROTC and go to PT in the morning like do they do PT and uh practice like you would think right or maybe they're like I don't know they're like so the, yeah if they do that then they're that, I don't think that's fair because then we're just breeding super soldiers and lacrosse players at the same time so maybe Maybe their cardio was absolutely just ridiculous against Duke. I would, I would love to see a game like Air Force versus ISIS. Is ISIS still around? I, I heard that Trump killed ISIS. They fell but, off. Okay, yeah. ISIS fell off, low key. I mean, they they just didn't want it enough, you know. And they, you know, they got a little full of themselves. Their ISIS was kind of like a you know 2019 high point. Um, not calling 2019 high point a bunch of terrorists, but uh, um, you might have to cut that out. <laughs> We'll snip that. Uh, but no, but like going back to Duke in February though, to real quick uh, change the subject. Well, not change the subject, but get off of the, the ISIS comparisons. Um, you look back on the years that they've won a national championship. So 2010, they go, they go two and three in the first full month of the season. Uh, 2013, they go two and four in the first full month of the season. Um, and then in, in, 2014, like I, they were, you know, reigning national champs going for the two-peat, uh, for the repeat there. And, you know, they, they went undefeated in February, but then they lost their first two games in March. So, again, at this point, it's like common knowledge that 
Duke is always going to be shaky in the beginning of the season, get themselves on a run, and at the very least, they'll be one of the last eight teams playing Division One college men's college lacrosse at the end of at the end of the season. Um, but I, I will admit that I'm a little worried that they lost this game um, just because like their their schedule coming up here for the rest of the month is absolutely brutal. And they'll also have to be doing it without Joe Robertson, who's now out for the year with the torn ACL. But yeah, so, I mean, losing to Air Force and then having to follow that up with games against High Point this weekend, Denver next week, Penn the week after that, mm. uh, and, and then Richmond the week after that. Like, th- those are... And then, you know, they close out with Furman and like no disrespect for Furman, but although that's a February 29th game. So like, who knows what can happen on a February 29th, like a leap year shit could get real fucky. So who, who knows anything can happen on the 29th. Um, so that's just a miserable February schedule for Duke for that to already be one of their losses. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. And that's such a brutal schedule. I, I, but you know, I, I, I have to think, that there's some sort of evil genius mentality in kind of being able to brush off the early games of the season, you know, like, like they're playing all fall, they're playing in the spring. That's a, you know, they got class, they've got things going on, you know, like there's, if you go out there and you, every game is do or die, uh, and, and you don't kind of cultivate that kind of relaxed mentality going into games. You know, you got guys who won't perform if they are, you know, too stressed out about the game. So, like, there's a really, like, a uh, – I mean, Donowski's kind of an evil genius. I mean, he's like, I, you got you to gotta, you gotta respect that. You know, I can't stand Duke. There's something about the Duke blue that makes me just fucking want to vomit. And there, I, at the same time, I respect the program. I respect the, the the grind. I respect every name that was going that came out of Duke. You know, I was uh, a good friend of the pod, guest Joe Keegs was talking on Twitter about the the best shooters in the PLL, and obviously they came. You know, Ryan Brown came up, and you know some other guys, some some fucking old farts were talking about guys that they watched in the seventies or whatever. It's the like, shut the fuck up, old olds. Uh, the first guy that came up to me was uh, Zach Greer, 07, 08, Zach Greer. He had nearly 100 points both seasons. I would take that. I believe he's still, of course, the NCAA doesn't recognize it. I think he still has the goals record in, in the NCAA. I don't think, I, I think with the fifth year at Bryant, it, it gave him the, the yeah. goals record. But that man was an absolute shooter. So I respect Duke. The program is weird as fuck, um, but you can always bet on them losing in February. Yeah, well, it's it's a very normal shade of blue, so find a new slant. Um, nope. But, yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, all, all those all those old fuckers talking about shooters from the 70s, it's like, listen, guys, none of these guys – and, like, here, here's, here's the, the concession that I'll give you is, like, maybe if those guys grew up in this, in this era with the, the stick technology and just – you know, the ability to change up the the releases a little bit instead of just having to go either straight overhand bouncer or three-quarter bouncer. Like, like no no one's just, like, cranking low-to-sky bullets going bar Ds um, in the 70s. But, you know, they, they are now, and they're doing it at a bountiful rate 
so far this season. So is, is that the word I'm looking for? Is bountiful a word? I believe so. Uh, it, it is a word. It's, uh, it sounded good. I'm going to go mean, with I it. I think it works. But uh, so, our, so our good pal, Lax Film Room, Patrick McEwen, uh, put out the tweet. Uh, you know, I th- we all saw it with our own eyes, but, <laughs> but he, he's, he's the one who, who put the number. So there have been 14 D1 games so far, and one team has put up 19 or more goals in six of them. So the boys are officially double confirmed buzzing. Uh, just goals all over the goddamn place. Again, like, you know, Chris Gray, North Carolina, putting up 19 against Colgate. Uh, Maryland, what a, what a second half from the Terps. It, that was looking a little dicey for them in that first half there. It was looking like one of those idiot mistakes that people make by scheduling High Point in February because High Point is the anti-Duke in February, and they will beat you down uh, if you give them a chance. So it, it, was, it was a tight one in the first half, and then Maryland comes out and just bullies the shit out of the Panthers, 23-12. to 12, um, yeah, I mean, Jared Bern- Logan Wisnowskis had, had like six goals. Uh, Jared Bernhardt has now people talking about taking him with the first pick in the PLL draft. Uh, Bubba Fairman doing some things there. A couple freshmen getting their, getting their career started at Maryland. So 23 for them. Penn State, a little, pretty much exactly how I said that that one would go. Although not really. It took Penn State a little while to find their groove. Then they started cooking. Um, then they, they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. but. My God, Mac O'Keefe, what a weapon that kid is. And, and I, I need to know, we got we to gotta grab this kid on the podcast or at least someone from Penn State on the pod to talk about this because I need to know how tightly they string up the nets at Penn State because a couple of those Mac O'Keefe lasers from this past weekend, I mean, those things like barely, like they touched the back of the net for like, point zero zero one seconds before they came firing right back out so i love how tight those nets are there um it looks so much better to have that that snipe just come rifling back out uh who, who else put up major numbers this i mean ruckers 20 on quinnipiac and jit 24 um i'll be surprised if they score 24 goals total the rest of the season but good for them for for putting those ones up this past weekend um and then, yeah, Ohio State putting up 23 against Detroit. So just goals all over the goddamn place. It was fun. Like, what, what more can you ask for? Uh, I mean, yeah, your Penn, your Penn State boys, they, they got the shit rolling. Like, what, I mean, they, they, weren't, they didn't seem worried at all uh, about Lafayette, which is a program on the rise. We have to give them credit where credit is due. Um, I was a little uh, – I guess we can express our beef about this right now. I was a little um, hot and bothered in the bad way about having the flip between the high point game and this 11, 12, one o'clock thing is not working for me and it will not work for me. So uh, I'm going to need all of you uh, to fucking fix it. Uh, Whoever's in charge um, whoever controls the, the game schedules, I need them to be more spread out because I want to watch lacrosse from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's like my, my ideal day. 
right? Yeah. Like I'm digging that. I know some of you guys might have to get up early on a Saturday after you maybe toss back a few with the guys on Friday night after practice or something. And you just, you know, you're, you're 19 and you can roll out of bed after, you know, a zillion beers. Like that's perfectly fine, you know, and I, they, but I need to see some lacrosse in the morning. So if you wait, 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 could they start playing in London? And like, that would be, that's a good fix. Cause eight o'clock our time's like, I don't know, two o'clock their time. Is it six? I don't know. I don't fucking care. But, but time, time zones are, are the, the biggest should be abolished. Yeah, they should be abolished. But I do like the idea of some London games. Um, definitely something to get going. I, the, uh, the, the world championships couple summers ago in Israel, like, Nothing better than waking up at 3 a.m. For, for a quick game. And then you, you wake up 3 a.m., watch a game, hit a, hit a quick little snooze, wake up, have breakfast, maybe not have games going at 8 o'clock. Maybe let's get some sort of a, a college game day show going, you know, just something that you can kind of like casually throw on, like as you're waking yourself up, maybe have some chores to do. Again, not everyone here is a 19 year old kid who can, you know, have no responsibilities. Some of us have to have to vacuum or some shit like that. Uh, and then, you know, get it going 11 and then, you know, a couple games, give me a little break. Let me, let me go grab some lunch real quick. You know, let me, let me treat myself, have a couple more games to come back to later. I, the, the scheduling does suck. And the fact that it's like, I don't know, big 10 network, you're, you're able to do like a, like a quad box type of thing. So, so you can get like a bunch of games going at the same time, but again, the, the schedule, I mean, we'll, we'll get talk about it when we get into the weekend preview. Um, but yeah, pretty much every game being either 12 or one is, is tough. I will say though, the, it is very selfish because that's great for the boys. Um, you know, as, as for for these guys, especially, there's nothing better than a home win on like a twelve or a one o'clock game because you just you hit the showers, you go back, you you meet all the parents, you have your little post game tailgate, you have some good food, and then you go back to the dorms and it is fucking on. Like, so I selfish me wants the schedule to be a little bit more spread out, but. If, if, if I'm as for the boys as I like to portray that I'm for the boys, then the boys deserve to be buzzing after each and every home Saturday win. Or even if it's an away game because, you know, you don't want to be playing a 4 o'clock game that gets over at like 7 by the time that you get out of there. It's like 7.45. Then you have to ride the bus back. By the time you're getting back to campus, like who knows how late it is. You, you haven't had a chance to get your party set up. So, the the twelve one o'clock game range is perfect for that post game party for the fellas. So, I'm 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 willing to say I'm willing to put their priorities ahead of mine because they deserve to get after it. Well, I think that's fair, and I think that you're a humanitarian for for thinking that way. Yeah, but, I mean, but give give us one. You know, not not everyone needs that. Like some of these guys, give us just one game. You know, have most of them. 12 and one, um, but give us like one good. And we do get that like towards the end of this, like once like the big 10 schedule really gets rolling, then we have that, uh, that like Sunday night game every week. So that, that's a good little change up, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's tough for us olds, you know? 
But one game that's perfectly scheduled, just set up for happy hour this afternoon, 4 p.m., Central New York, Syracuse taking on Colgate. And in between the pipes for the orange is going to be Drake Porter. So we might as well bring on uh, Drizzy Drake right now. So let's kick it on over to our interview with Syracuse's Drake Porter. All right, joining us now, this one, a, a long time coming, but we've got the keeper between the pipes for the Syracuse Orange. They are kicking off uh, this afternoon with Colgate. We've got Drake Porter on the mic. Drake, uh, it's, it's a shame that this is just an audio podcast right now because the way that the hair is looking is phenomenal. We've got to figure out a way to get this one on video, but uh, how are you feeling? At least hopefully half as good as the hair. I mean, uh, yeah, I got kind of like a kick in the ass here earlier. Uh, I wasn't on the like Bro Bible, uh, like all hair team, and then Wax Factor podcast was covering my hair yesterday. So a little extra passion got put into today. I didn't know it wasn't video, so you know I, I went a little overboard uh, on the maiden tail. But, quick, uh, quick question here. here. Quick question: Do you know who does the the all flow team? Do you know who who picks that? Um, I, I have an idea. I don't want to like call him out directly here. Uh, <laughs> okay. You want to know the reason why? And I was so disappointed is because they reused your roster pick two years in a row. So and that was actually by choice because I had to get a haircut for an interview and they were like, Oh, we're redoing roster pictures. And I, I texted like our like main guy. I was like, yeah, I, I can't do that. Like I got short hair right now. I can't have that on my roster picture. Like, you know what? It's going to ruin my rep. And that's fair, but I just, I, I noticed, I absolutely noticed because I went and I said, that's the same roster pick. I can't. And I was so disappointed because like, there's not, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, the, the Syracuse, you know, has not repped the long hair for, uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe, you know, back until back from the Timmy Desco days, but uh, you know, I, I was disappointed. So I'm sorry, but it had yeah. to happen that way. I mean, I think in general, there, there's a big pushback against the, uh, the long hair right now because everyone's talking about, like, let's get rid of the, like, wax bro image thing. But, you know, I, I, I'd like to consider myself a, a fanatic of the wax bro image. I, I, don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. So I, I kind of like the long hair. and I wish more guys would do it. Well, here's what I'm, here's what I'm a little worried about. Um, I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're eventually – what are you? You're a senior this year. So you're eventually yeah. going to go into the real world. You're saying you're, you're chopping off the flow for these interviews. I don't think that I, – I don't sell yourself short. Like, I don't think that you need to be taking any jobs in an office where they're like, hey, buddy, uh, you know, sunshine, you know, why don't you dial it back 20% here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, uh, my friends all called me a sellout for the interview. And then I, I got the job, and then they wanted me to show up at 4 a.m. on the first day, so I just never Whoa. went. So it was like a complete wash from the start and I cut my hair and everything. So yeah, no, that was definitely not worth it. I don't plan on doing that ever again. If they want to make me cut my hair, I'm, I'm not interested. Not a place I want to work. Oh, that's yeah. fair. Um, I'm actually, it's, it's funny. I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, since I do the flow team, I, the all flow team, I'm, I'm huge into um, player profiles. So I've got your LinkedIn pulled up right now. Oh, I God. see that you, I see that you can work. You can work in three different countries, which I think is fantastic. You can, you can work in the United States, Canada, or the UK via ancestry. Do you have a, do you have a, a parent that's uh, from the UK? My, my grandmother's from the UK. Yeah. I actually could play for team England if I wanted to, apparently, which I guess is, is always an option if team Canada doesn't work out. But, uh, but, but yeah. 
yeah. What is what favorite. is your favorite what is your favorite part about America? I know you I know you went to IMG and you've been in the States for a little bit, but what is your favorite part about America? Is there something here that you can get you can't get in Canada? I mean, at my favorite part, um, the Mountain Dew flavors by far. Like we <laughs> all we have in Canada is the green, like basic Mountain Dew, mm. which I always love, but like how long can you drink like regular Mountain Dew? This is when I came down here for tournaments in high school. I went to the grocery store and I saw like code red, voltage, like live wire, and I just was like obsessed. And then like Baja Blast with the Taco Bell. We don't have that yep. in Canada, so it definitely oh, wow. Mountain Dew flavors are like the biggest thing for me that I love in America. Yeah. What what did they just I, I think they just put out uh what is it, Mountain Dew Zero? Like a like kind of like a Coke Zero type of thing. Yeah. But I, I think that that one though that's almost one that you can kind of convince, you know, the trainers on the sideline be like, Hey, like, can we, can we put this in the water bottles? Because there's no sugar on there. So like if, if you're crushing some Mountain Dew zero during the games, it's not like you're just like, you know, cracking open a can of Coke and, and guzzling that down. So I think that that's, that's almost like a, that's almost like a sports drink at that point. Like, like, remember, do you remember all sport? Did you have all sport growing up? In I, I, I don't think we ever had all sport. No, uh, all sport was basically just like soda that they like had <laughs> little kids as like a, as a sports drink. Um, I think that Mountain Dew zero could be, could be. And then also too, like right before the games, like you have the water bottle in the net there, you can kind of wet the hair with that Mountain Dew, with that Mountain Dew zero. And then it'll kind of like crystallize, keep that flow. Yeah. Nice, nice and flowing. Yeah. Keep it, keep it in the same spot. No, the, uh, my trainer actually like, really from freshman year on i like have to have caffeine before practice so like i would just like be sipping a mountain dew pre-practice and like that dude was not happy with my <laughs> habits <laughs> so like over time i've like had like i'll have like iced coffee now and stuff i think he likes a little better but i'm definitely still like i i will bring up the mountain dew zero calorie to him i might start sipping that and see if he gets angry yeah, I, uh, we, we can, again, just have it in the water bottle, and if you know, if someone, <laughs> if, if if someone, if someone like you know dives across your crease, tucks one in on you, like grab the water bottle, maybe just like squirt them in the face <laughs> with it. I give my defenseman the water bottle. I can't imagine Melon being too happy with me if he like, oh, can I get a squirt? Just like Mountain Dew right in his face. <laughs> or he might be very pleased. He might be like, ooh, that's refreshing. <laughs> so you know, I. uh Nate Solomon was actually like one of the first guys to come. I'm an, I'm an Atlanta guy. So he was like one of the first guys to ever go out and play, you know, real division one ball. There were a few guys sprinkled over here and there. Um, so, I, you know, he did a lot of crazy shit for the orange in some of these games. Um, did he ever do any of that kind of shit on you in practice? Did he do, did he just, you know, sing one by you and you're like, come on, man, like this is, we're in yeah. practice right now. <laughs> Well, Nate actually was my warm-up guy for like my almost my entire career, and he uh, he did stuff like I would be like, okay, we're six side high, and then what I liked about him is he would like keep me on my toes because he just wouldn't listen to me half the time, and I'd be like, all right, like yeah, just start six side high, and he would like go behind the back like low and away just to start the day, and I'd just be like, okay, well, so there's definitely a lot of like dumb or like we're doing cross cruise passes and he'd go like around the world and he'd be like, start laughing at it. Be like, okay. Well, it's a good thing. I like you and you're my friend. Cause that is so annoying. But yeah, no, he did some crazy stuff, especially in like practice. Like he, he was all over the place. I think he was like underrated. Like I, I think a highlight package of him would be like a top college cross highlight package. Okay. Got it. I saw on Instagram, I saw on Instagram that you were working with, uh, 
this new company, Gold, uh, Goalie Smith. How's that working out? So I actually can't like work for companies because I'm on a student I know. visa. I, so, like, I mean, like just just in case the government's tapped in and listening, okay. I volunteer. But you volunteer. Um, I yeah, I saw their stuff on Instagram. They do really cool stuff, and they're big like they're it's like an influencer like type goalie training company. So I like help them out uh, this summer at like a camp. And then, like, I'll, I'll shut them out now and then. But they're really cool guys. They're very relaxed. Yeah, very you're, cool. You're also a big uh, triple B guy. So you, you've, oh, huge. You've you've got the triple B on the uh, on on the chin piece there, and then uh, looks like you, you also have some uh, some cleats set up for this yeah. season. Oh, that, yeah, that's got it. So you know, what what about what about that brand or lifestyle or or just way of thinking really uh connects yeah. with you yeah so the uh the, the bbb started I, I was watching the it was back when like lonzo was like his senior year at ucla so it was my sophomore year and uh i saw lavar say that he could beat jordan one-on-one and i was just looking through all his quotes and i was like this guy is absolutely hilarious like and then i realized that the big baller brand like i was trying to think of something to put on my like throat card because i saw everyone else doing it I was like, damn, that would fit like perfectly. So I did it as a joke one day at practice and everyone made fun of me for it. And then I took it off like a couple weeks later and everyone was like, oh, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you take that off? <laughs> so now I just like have had it on all my helmets ever since. And like every other, like kids on other teams, like when I meet them, they'll be like, you know, like what's the deal with the big ball brand? I'm like, dude, I genuinely don't even know like how to answer that question. Like started as a joke and now it's just like a part of who I am, I guess. It it goes along though with your whole. I mean, as far as goalies go, like I don't know. It's it's so I I don't want to like shit on a on a fellow Syracuse goalie, but like I look at a guy like Galloway, and it's just like, dude, like what do you do? Like with the sweatpants and everything like that. <laughs> it's like it's like a rough look. Like I feel like in terms, like you look like you should be an attackman, but you're just you're stuck in the cage. Like you've got the tilt, you got the the. Um, you know, you've, you've got the, the eye black going like that. Like you've got, it's, it's almost like if you took, if you took a Mikey pal and you threw him in the net, like you almost have that look. I know that that's a big legend to throw out yeah. there. So probably, I, you can't, you cannot gonna, be throwing that name around. But <laughs> as far, but as far as the eye black and, and the tilt goes, it like you have that. So, you know, what, what's I, it yeah. going to, I feel like more goalies need to kind of embrace that look. Some of these guys just go in there and they look like trash bags. I think part of it is like you have all your coaches in your ear, like all these years, like, Oh, like just stop the ball. It's the most important thing. Like, don't worry about all that other stuff. Like don't try to like be steezy, but it's like, like, I look, why is my attack man like up there and like neon leggings and like three wristbands and you're not saying anything. You know what I mean? So like, I think goalies got to get their coaches like out of their ears and like credit to my coaches. They don't say anything to me about like any of that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's like, you just got to ignore the coaches. You got to go all in. Like my high school coaches hated it, but I was always trying to like do the coolest, like newest stuff. I like the I like the like style. Like I always wanted to to look cool. It was like half the game for me. I think you know, and I I don't think that Desco gives you any is going to give anybody any crap because you know Timmy kind of set the bar <laughs> for for swag. Like you know, the man wore a sweatband under his gloves. Like that's just the it's undeniably the most swaggy thing that you you could do so you know uh, getting into this season you know is there a particular game that you are absolutely like fired up about like is it 
is it Albany at Casey Stadium or is it, you know, is it playing hop on ESPN? Like what, you know, what is, uh, what, what games got you, you know, geeking already? And I don't give me the coach shit. Like, you know, we just could take it one game at a time. We're just going to, don't give me that. You know, there's gotta be one that you're like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in that one. I think, uh, I think for me, it's, it's Notre Dame. Uh, last mm. year it was like the only game I got pulled in. Uh, I got yanked at half. I like, Mm. Had a, I've had a pretty rough time. I got like 12 goals and a half. Made some saves here and there, but like that, uh, that cost deal kid gave it to me pretty good. I think he was like three for three shooting on me. So I really, I'm, I'm, that one circled just because I want to like prove to myself and, and maybe him too that like, hey, I can stop your shot, buddy. It was an off day. So that's sort of one that I got. I definitely have circled. Other than that, you know, one week at a time, you know, we're always focused on the next game and uh, give it our best effort here. <laughs> We're we're on we're on to Colgate. Yeah, on, yeah. on to Colgate. Well, I mean them too, man. That was my first start, and we lost the Colgate, so that was a fun. Yeah, tough tough home opener for the me. boys in yeah. 2019. So yeah. yeah, revenge on the mind. Do you uh do you feel more confident heading into the season now that you have a Lake Placid championship under your belt? Uh, I think you know that was that was actually genuinely the first championship I've ever won as a lacrosse player. Um, if you can believe it. So I think that the confidence is there. I didn't really have to do much on that team. I kind of just stood there and, and let Tahoka score seven goals, but uh, that was fun. Uh, Tahoka, that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, you know, r- running it back for, for 2020, and I, I think, you know, a big, a big season here for Drake Porter in, in between the pipes at Cuse is just going to roll us right into to August and Placid. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, I got a I got a question because we we rarely get to call we rarely get to talk to goalies right you know I assume to me every goalie that I've ever played with has always just been out of their fucking mind so like I really don't want to talk to them all that much right they either play <laughs> World of War I, they play World of Warcraft or they're like just like out there like they're so strange but um, so how do you feel about the dive uh, because I feel like it, you've got to feel one way or the other. You know, how do you feel like the dive coming back, like right in the middle of your college career? You you I might think, uh, you might get hung up on it determine depending on how this is answered. So. <laughs> <laughs> the show is I called mean, the crease dive. <laughs> I can't like lie to you guys. Is I like the crease dive. I think in international across in pro across, you watch it and it's like cool. Last year, what I hated was like we had eighteen different sub rules for how the crease dive was called. So I was in that, like, how, like, in the world do I play this right now? Like, do I jump at the guy and try to get the call? Or, like, do I actually try to make the save? Like, and I had, like, different people tell me. And I was, like, every game it was officiated differently. So I like the dive. And I think if they're going to put it – if they were going to put it in, I didn't like all, like, the mini crease stuff. Like, just put it in how it is in pro lacrosse, and we'll be fine. Because, like, they officiate that pretty easily. I just – I didn't like all the, like, mini rules about it. Like, you're gonna do it just do it is my sort of attitude on it i think that's a good attitude on it i think that's a simplicity's sake you know you gotta have i mean if it's gonna happen you gotta you can't you know talk about it so much right it's just gotta either be it's a goal or it's not there can't be yeah exactly you know, a flow ch- fucking flow chart laminated that the ref's <laughs> pulling out of his sock like is this a goal or not yeah no i get that now <laughs> i i have a question this is something i don't know if if you pick up on this or not but like so if, if you have an attackman who's running towards the crease and, you know, he's got a, a defender right on his back hip there, it, 
like at, at what point are goalies going to finally start screaming at their poles to stop pushing the attack men from behind directly into their goalies? Like this is something that I've noticed in the cross over the past few years. It, it especially happens in hockey as well um, where, you know, guys are like coming towards the net and like, I get like you're, you're taught like, you know, clear the crease shit like that. But like some of these guys are just bulldozing guys like right into your own goalie and it's like all right well like the dive that would have happened here probably would have been a lot less uh you know damaging than just blowing them up right there i think it's tough because guys i think you're gonna see less of it this year but last year guys had played like their whole career just being able to push guys in the back and then it was on the attackman to avoid the crease right and avoid the goalie but now the attacker could just like jump like right at him and he's getting pushed in the back. So it does, like he's not even going to get penalized. So I think like defensemen probably like had to make, I think you saw less of it as the season went on, but I definitely noticed that in practice more is like in the last fall ball, there were a couple times where I just got like hammered. And then I was like, I would turn to my defense. And I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, that was just as much you as it was like the kid flying into me. So like throw me a bone here. Yeah, like right now I'm, I'm picturing like, I think it might've been against like Rutgers that Pat Spencer had one where he like, like his ass pretty much ended <laughs> hitting the, the Rutgers goalie, like in the helmet. And it's like, like if, if you would have just let that man, like he's pretty athletic. He, I think he knows what he's doing <laughs> around the crease. If you would have just let him jump through the crease, like he wanted to do the goalie probably wouldn't end up with an ass in his helmet. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. I, I hopefully like, I think defenders will start playing better, but at the same time, like, like you said, I mean, it, it's a fast play. Defenders are tied to like, clear the crease from the time they're like five. So it's kind of hard for them to just let a kid walk through, even if they're always taking the, uh, taking the soak for them. Yeah. Um, As, as as a defenseman, I, that's the only thing that I've ever like, you know, in men's (laughs) men's league and shit down here, like the guy is going to try to dive through the crease. He's getting basically just absolutely annihilated by me or something like that. Right. (laughs) Right in the back. I don't give a fuck. But (laughs) so as a Canadian playing in the NCAA, do you like see other Canadian guys like you maybe grew up playing junior ball with and you're like, you know, you give each other like a nice nod or something like that. Or is it like a friendly? Cause apparently Canadians are like the most friendly people who's like, Hey bud, how's it going? Like, you know, how's it, how's it fucking hanging over there? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like you see mostly most, like a lot of Canadians are attacking. So like I'll go into a game and we all know each other, like, especially yeah. like U19 Canada, like that was pretty much every division one player going to Canada that year or like 90% of them. So we were all like, and I'll be sitting in net, net and like most of our attackmen, so, like, I'll, everyone's, like, chirping each other, like, going off, and we'll, we kind of just have our own little, like, side conversations. We'll just be like, hey, man, like, who are you playing for this summer? Like, you get, like, what are you, what are you looking to do? Like, we'll just, like, hang out and chill. So, it's, like, definitely a different vibe than, like, the rest of the team has. We're normally just, like, hanging out and talking. Sometimes I forget, like, games going on. Conversation gets so good. Oh, dude, I, t- I totally relate to that. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, you, you start having a good conversation with somebody, it's like, all right, bud, well – you know, ball's coming this way now. Got to cut, you know, <laughs> got to do my job, I guess. Yeah. You're, you're telling the attackman to take care of the ball. Like not because you guys just got done playing like five minutes a day. It's like, yo, I, I want to get to know this guy a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'll give you a real quick chance here to, uh, to guess up some of your teammates. I feel like that'll be good for you heading into the locker room, you know, getting, getting a little bit of bonus points there. So you know, I, I think when people are, are looking at the Syracuse team, like obviously they know Tucker Dordovic coming back is huge. Obviously they know that Chase Scanlon transferring is huge. But like who do you think is a guy who people are going to be like, 
oh shit, like this kid is an absolute weapon, maybe an, an under the radar weapon right now. Could be offense or or defense. I, I'm more offensive. Yeah, I think I think uh, if we're looking at offense, there's a couple guys. I mean, Griffin Cook is a kid who like last year was like mixed in. He's the fourth attackman, and then like in our new system, he's just been like balling pretty hard. And he's uh, he's like a feisty little guy. So look out for him. Huge beauty too. And then uh, who else is there? Uh, Jacob Buttermore. I know like people kind of talk about him, but like. He's got an absolute cannon from the outside, and he's got like he's just like a he's a he's a silky player too. Like he looks cool when he plays, and I think that's like an underrated aspect of his game. Um, as far as other guys, I mean, like I, pretty much like Jamie Trebolle has been a four-year starter now. So like people don't even talk about him as like being a weapon, but it's like he produces like an insane amount of points. But everyone's just like, oh yeah, like that's what he does. But I think he's kind of like an unsung hero just because he's been playing for so long. Like people are just like, damn, like that kid's still, still there, like still kicking. No, but it's uh, that's great. You know, I think that that we're we're definitely, I guess as the uh, as the game has progressed, we're definitely like used to freshmen starting and making an impact. Whereas you know, if they were a four year starter ten years ago, that's crazy. But now it's like, ah, he's a four year starter. It's it's yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I guess we'll end on this one. Um, when you, and I say when, not if, when you take the ball down the field and stick one high on a goal, on a goalie this year, on another keeper, and perform the ultimate act of disrespect, what is your goal song? Um, yeah, so I, I didn't get to sign up for one. We had like media day and we had goal songs. I didn't get to sign up for one. But I went to the media guy yesterday because people were asking me. And it's year 3000 by the Jonas Brothers, which is an all-time classic. And... <laughs> If I had a goalie score on me and year 3000 came on, like I'd probably just yank myself. So that, that was the idea with that one. You're, That's you're not, fair. You're not going to throw on the new, uh, the, the new Mikey Pal track. <laughs> that was good, man. He's an artist. He is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't get the boys quite as fired up as the, uh, as, as, as the J bros do, but yeah, you can't, you can't be the, the gas of the Joe bros. Like that gets the boys fired up. Yeah, it does. Sideline would be going bananas. Um, well, all right, Drake. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, and I, I I do think that you owe some people an apology as a Canadian taking jobs away from good hardworking Americans. But um, you know, we'll let you slide on that one because just like some of the guys that you mentioned here, an all around beauty. So uh, best of luck against Colgate, and uh, yeah, Costabile. We'll we'll have to get him on at some point soon here and and see if he can you know, maybe, uh, give us, give us more of a scouting report on his, on his <laughs> shot for you. Yeah. Appreciate it, boys. Uh, you know, good luck this season. Take it week by week. Stay focused. We're on the Colgate. See you, buddy. <laughs> on the Colgate. Thanks boys. All right. Thanks again to Drake for coming on with us this week. Uh, you know, big, big season opener for the boys and, it's a, it's a tough order for goalies right now. I mean, there have been goals, like we mentioned, being scored all over the damn place. So uh, to be the guy in charge of stopping that can't be, can't, be that, uh, can't be that fun right now. But, you know, they get us going this afternoon, 4 p.m. Like we said, happy hour set up. It's, this is the perfect way to kick off a weekend. Like maybe call out, a, like just leave work an hour early. You're not going to get fired over that. Or maybe like pack a couple beers with you on your way to work and crack them open at four, uh, throw this game on. Because even though Colgate got their fucking dicks beat off 
and, and not, not in the good way. Usually sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. This was very much in the bad way. They got their dicks snatched off their bodies by UNC last week. This is still, I mean, this team, Colgate team beat Syracuse last year, um, you know, and, and teams are never always as bad as they look in the first game. Like, the first week of the season is always a great time to people have like overreacting to wins and losses and shit like that. So maybe there's a chance that Colgate isn't nearly as bad as they looked. Do you think that that's going to be the case uh, this, this afternoon, 4 p.m. Cuse versus Colgate? I mean, it's a nice thought. Uh, it's a it's a really nice thought that Colgate might um, you know make it a game with Syracuse, but for you know, if, if you want to, you can look at it one of two ways, you know, their UNC game, you could either say, wow, that UNC game was Colgate playing awfully or, or Colgate's just bad. Or you could say UNC was just that good um, because a really good UNC team can make Colgate look like fucking ass. Um, I did. I do recall watching the Colgate game and watching that they were really struggling, uh, clearing the ball like really badly. I think I, I think I texted our, our good friend of the pod, Mikey Diggs, Diggs tape. And I said, uh, these guys look like freshmen out there. And granted there were a few freshmen out there, but uh, that the Colgate goalie, I think that he, you know, if he has another uh, week, like it was last week with 18 goals, I think bro might just put in the trans put in for the transfer. He might just retire on the field, just take his bucket off. Because if I'm getting four, basically forty put up on me in two weeks, I'm I'm upset. You know, just, and that, that's that's very well possible with Chase Scanlon and Tucker Dordovic back in the game. So yeah, just going straight SpongeBob. All right, I'm ahead out then. Yeah, pretty much. You're, you're just, I mean, the whole team could be in the transfer portal. Might as well shut the program down. You know, if you get, the, I, I don't. I, that's a little extreme, but I mean, you you know where I'm going with this. I think maybe not shut the program down. Maybe maybe just you know take take a little break. You know, treat like listen, guys. It's it's the spring semester. Like eventually, like I know you're in in New York, so like your your weather up there kind of similar to Philly here, where it's like absolute dog shit until like the very last week of of classes, but you know, treat yourselves, take this semester easy and, and maybe just, you know, forfeit the rest. If you, if you get another just shit pumping. Um, yeah, I, I think commit, commit an NCAA violation, get your season season canceled, like go get some trade tattoos for your gear or something like it's honestly yeah. a great idea. If there's one way to like get out of having to play the rest of the year, that would definitely be it. But no, like, like you said that like a good UNC team is able to make a team like Colgate look like, like dog shit. The the thing, though, about that is then so can a good Syracuse team. Mm. Um, and a good Syracuse team is a Syracuse team that gets to bring back Tucker Dordovic from injury, a, a Syracuse team that brings in Chase Scanlon uh, from the transfer portal. Uh, those Some of those other guys, like Drake was talking about in the interview there, you know, you got your Buttermores, your Trimbolis, um, like all these guys who are ready to just – like that, that, that loss last season had to, it had to have been pretty, I, I, not like embarrassing because like Colgate's a, a program that's been around forever. So it's not like you're like losing to, um, you know, again, n- no offense here or anything, but like NJIT, right? Like that would be like NJIT beating Syracuse is unfounded. Colgate at least like has like the history, but it's still like, come on guys. Like how are we losing this game? So then not only do you add, 
just bringing in all these studs to this game. But then you also give Syracuse like the like that extra juice, that extra revenge going into this game. That's a, a absolute shit sandwich recipe for Colgate. And especially, especially like think about how many times now they're going to have to hear uh, shout every time Gordovic oh, scores. Like, yeah. like that, that there would be the worst part about the, like, like if, if I were, if I were the, if I were anyone on that, on that team and I heard shout more than three times, I'm, I'm running up into the press box at the dome and cutting all the wires and making sure that, you know, there, nothing can get played ever again. Oh yeah. I'm losing it. Absolutely. Um, I, man, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what, what, what would be comparable to? It's not really comparable to, I mean, it could be like an Air Force Duke situation you got going on where, you know, uh, you, you take your February loss for God knows what reason and then, you know, kind of piece together your, the regular, the rest of your season. It's kind of what Syracuse did um, last year. So maybe, maybe they are doing, maybe they're trying to do the Duke model if they lose this game, they're trying to do the Duke model of losing in February and ending up in the tournament. It It is, it Spins is a copy. On. It is a copycat league. I could definitely see that. And if you're going to take something out of anyone's playbook, it might as well be Donowski's. Um, I will say the line on this game. So again, all these lines are brought to us by at lax Vegas lines on Twitter. Make sure you guys are following them all year long. Uh, but the line here is, is Q's eight and a half. Now, I will say, like, so Cuse has not only the weapons, uh, Cuse has not only the absolute beautician between the pipes and Drake Porter, um, but, you know, Colgate also, like, Colgate got embarrassed last weekend. Like, they, they also have to be feeling, um, like, just complete losers right now, right? And, and you don't... Uh, you have to have it, it. It'll basically come down to like, do these kids have like any shred of pride or or not? Like, are they all just like low character individuals who just don't give a shit? Now, if they're low character individuals who don't give a shit, they get blown out again. If you have any shred of integrity, any shred of pride, like you'll go out here. They're gonna lose to Syracuse. That's for damn sure. But maybe keep it somewhat respectable. So maybe, maybe Colgate can cover that eight and a half and like maybe you know maybe it's like a an 18 11 game something like that um but i don't know i i think i think that syracuse's offense with the weapons that they have like they're gonna put up something close to that 18 and in order for them to put up the 11 that they would need to cover um or i guess at that point the 10 that they would need to cover that means that you know, maybe maybe Desco decides to to let Drake kind of rest in the second half a little bit, and maybe bring in like a younger goalie just to like chill out because they already have that one under wraps. Um, I don't know. It. I, I think that this Q's offense is going to explode, and it's going to be nearly impossible for Goalgate to keep up. So, I tried to talk myself into it, like as as best as I could, right there into Colgate covering, and I just couldn't do it. I believed in myself for about like three and a half seconds there and now i'm right back on cuse minus eight and a half yeah i agree i don't i don't think uh, i mean the most production that they, that colgate had was and I, I think this is his name is griffin brown that's a very uh 
It's a, it's a very lacrosse name. So I, I, hope, I hope he goes by the nickname GB. Um, oh, that would be or, like it's probably ground, ground balls oh, or Jeeves. Jeeves. Like, you know, it's something, something like that. I'm sure there's some innuendo in there that uh, might get them an NCAA violation talking about it. Oh, well, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, no. I'm confusing Cornell and Colgate because Cornell was the one that supposedly called in the NCAA, NCAA violation on, on Tahoga. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. 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 It, this, this, this is all speculation, right? This is all speculation. I just I saw red. I saw the, the, crimson, the Colgate crimson, and I saw red. Uh, immediately. So, you know, it's, it's by association. I, I just, I'm excited to just watch a nice four o'clock game and see what Syracuse has to offer this year. You know, um, you know, you're, you're an injury guy. I'm an injury guy coming back after a year and feeling nice, you know, feeling good, like on the field, you know, is, is, is always a good thing. So, you know, let, let's see, let's see Dordovic pop off. And I mean, honestly, we saw the highlight, He's looking pretty good, dude. That that's at this point, I, I I would consider that a win for Colgate if they don't have any of their defenders just get their ankles snatched straight off of their body by Tucker Dordovic. Because um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, chances are that you saw the clip of of Dordovic at, at a scrimmage, and you know, granted, he he didn't end up sticking it, but you know, it's just a scrimmage; it doesn't mean anything at all, um, and just just dummied this poor defender just straight up uh life alert i've fallen and i can't get up it was it was ruthless it was uh rude it it's honestly borderline criminal um so yeah may, i mean maybe colgate can like try to you know you know maybe call the cops if if dordovic just shakes one of their guys that bad and then maybe like they just win by default I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Like you got to come up with a game plan for something. Um, and, and if you don't think outside the box a little bit, then it's just going to be another shit pumping. I will have to, you know, I do have to give Yale credit. That's who they were playing in that, in that clip. Um, I did read that uh, the, the midfielder who got his ankles broken ended up having more goals than Dordovic on the day. So maybe it was an offensive midfielder, you know, stuck on defense. Maybe it was an attackman stuck on defense. You never know. So I, I got to give credit where credit's due, right? So, you know. Real still. quick, I, I, I would like that to be a, a quick life lesson for all you uh, offensive-minded players out there. I, I know that during the game, uh, you know, if you're riding and you're, you know, the, the first guy back, I know that your coaches are telling you, like, get in the hole and we'll sub you out later. Don't listen to those motherfuckers. Just get off the field as quick as possible because guess what? If, if Dordovic scores in transition there, like yeah, your coach is gonna, your coach is gonna ream you out. Your your team's probably gonna ream you out a little bit. But guess what? That clip of of that poor kid from Yale getting his ankles broken that lives forever, right? That's on the internet. That's there forever. If he would have just gotten off the field, yeah, sure, maybe they get scored on there. But guess what? Everyone's gonna forget about it in like five years. But that clip's still gonna be on the internet. So, um, but yeah, back to the game. Uh, I, I'm on I'm on Q's eight and a half. Uh, it sounds like you're there with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think that, I mean, Syracuse just has too many weapons. Uh, I think the they probably had to, what I imagine is they probably had to modify their offense a little bit from last year, losing a good bit of weapons and then 
adding Chase Scanlon, moving him to midfield, and also having Dordovic back. I think they probably had to change a few things up. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, a, a different-looking Syracuse. Yeah, and maybe so, and, you know, and maybe that takes them a little while to get things figured out. So maybe yeah, for you know, sure. But but by the time I mean, the that, second half comes around, they're going to be rolling. Yeah, I mean that takes uh, that takes all sorts of you know, it takes time, right? Um, you know, I have to give a, a <laughs> speaking of new systems, I have to uh, my my dogs the the the, the bulldogs are playing um, the defending MCLA champs this weekend and uh we saw what's his face the the coach at laxcon or whatever and i was just thinking about opening weekend and what a fucking home opener for the cox just to have the the bulldogs there i don't think it's going to be pretty just between you and me and anybody listening i don't think it's going to be pretty because that game cox team is pretty fucking good so little club ball talk on the pod you'd love to see it love to yeah see absolutely it. love to see it i might i might start doing a little uh club game of the week all right, I might, I might peruse some schedules and, and do some club ball games of the week. So you know, be on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll just follow South Carolina all year and just talk about who's getting cock slapped. Um, but that'll bring us into the Saturday slate of games—an absolutely loaded schedule. And again, if 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 you have anyone in your life who is uh, trying to make plans with you for 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. You need to cut those motherfuckers out of your life because you don't have time for anything besides getting in front of a screen and watching some of these games. So we're going to start off uh, with, with Duke. So they will be heading to High Point, fresh off of their loss against Air Force. High Point coming off the loss against Maryland. Duke is getting three and a half goals. This over-under is set at 24 and a half um, this is one of those ones where I'm I'm gonna go big time on on the revenge factor. Not only yeah. be, not only because of what happened last year, but then also coming off of that loss to Air Force. Like I, I think again, they they can't lose like five games in a row in February. Like they they have to pick up the wins somewhere. I think that like Penn's going to be a really tough one for them. Denver's always going to be a tough one for them. So like this right here is like their game to win. Um, but I could definitely see it being close though. So I'm, I'm still a little undecided on how I feel about that. I'm going to, I'll make up my mind in like the next 45 seconds. But right now my heart's saying Duke money line, but I, I think that high point, they're able to grease it up enough. We saw it in the first half against Maryland. So maybe they put together a good four quarters here and keep this one tight. Uh, I think in any, I think if they had played, I think if this was Duke's first game, um, high point would have a better chance, but I think they kind of shook off a little bit. I think Duke kind of shook off a little bit of rust. I mean, it, the air force loss wasn't an ass kicking or, you know, it wasn't an absolute ass kicking. They just got outplayed. So, I think that, you know, high point plays pretty disruptively. If they keep Duke on their toes, maybe we have, we get, it's close going into the half, and then we have another Maryland high point situation. I think that Duke probably will come out on top on this one, um, something like a 16-10 or a 16-12 or something like that. It's not. I don't think it's going to be um, as close. No disrespect to high point and the, uh, Asher, our, our boy uh, and recurring guest Asher Nolting. Um, 
you know, no disrespect to him, but I, I definitely, you know, I think I got Duke here. Yeah, uh, and especially if they can get Nakai going. So uh, didn't didn't find himself on the score sheet at all last week against Air Force. He, uh, he, he took a few shots out there, but um, I think he would be the, the uh, straw that stirs the drink, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, when he gets himself going from up top, that just that, you know, Joey Manown's already just that dude uh, at, at attack. But when you can have Nakai going from up top, that just opens up so much more space for Manown down low. So uh, you kind of need that one-two punch going. So I obviously it was only one game, so it's not like you know he's really struggling out of the gate. But if if Nakai is able to get himself going in this one, might be a little too much for that high point defense to handle. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I think I talked myself out of it. I'm now I'm now on on Duke with the three and a half. And then the next game we got going on here, a uh, little bit more of, more of an under-the-radar game as far as the rest of the schedule goes. But, uh, you know, definitely don't sleep on this matchup. It's, it's one of the better matchups in college across, especially in the Patriot League. We've got UMass. They will be traveling to West Point to take on the troops. They've got Army. Uh, and, and Army is getting one-and-a-half goals over-under set at 19-and-a-half. Um, you know, this is, this is a game, you know, last year, uh, our army goes to, to UMass, they get a a 12 to 11 win. So they squeak out a a one goal win there. They've, I'm pretty sure that they've had their way with UMass for the, for the past few years. Um, but last year was the one where, you know, you really saw that this is, this is a rivalry type of game, maybe not a rivalry in terms of like these teams like hate each other, but like a, you know, it's a, it's a interconference matchup where, um, you know, I, th- I think that it's, it's going to start being more of those one goal games as we keep going. So one and a half for, for army here. I, I, I like that for you. I think that UMass is, is one of those teams, man, where they're going to continue to sneak up on people. Um, and all of a sudden it's going to be late April and, and UMass is going to be right up there in the top 20. So Jake, are, are, are you, I, I feel myself betting against the troops here and I kind of need to hear from an, an American hero like yourself on why I shouldn't. I don't think you should ever bet against the troops. I think that army is able to handpick a lot of guys that come out of some of these military academies. Like uh, I think they have a Georgia kid from Georgia uh, at a Benedictine, Benedictine middle military school. They got some Culver kids. Um, I, I think that they've got a couple uh, dangerous athletes. Um, I say I, I'm going to pick Army here. Uh, however, I think that UMass is a program that is uh, on the rise. Um, I I'm I tend to agree with everything that you had to say, honestly, uh, which I normally don't. I normally absolutely uh, refuse. So the fact that I'm agreeing it could be concerning. Um, but other than that, like. Um, actually there's a, a, a kid I helped coach for a little bit and he's actually going to UMass next year, Grant Breo. If you're listening to this grant, go get him. But, uh, so I, I, I guess I should probably go for UMass, but I mean, we've never won rooting against the troops. So, so I, I, you know, I'm just going back through it right now. Um, 
So the last time that UMass was able to beat Army in the season opener, uh, you got to go back to 2014 for that one. Um, so it, it's been a while for UMass. I think that I think that one and a half line is like right on the money. I, I think I'm gonna go ahead, and this is gonna be this is gonna be a, and because I, I can't bet against the troops, full, but I'm gonna go with the Army money line. But I think that UMass will cover that one, and I think that this is going to be another one-goal game, um, and and hopefully give us some overtime. You know, what, what, I'd love to say, would they be our first overtime game? I believe Maybe. so. I, I know that there were a couple like last week that were like scrimmages, um, but first, well, that doesn't count. Well, yeah, it doesn't count. I think, but what was it? Was it Army or was it Navy? Someone did a, a brave heart last week. And oh, that was Na- that was Navy. Was it Navy with like Georgetown? Yeah, yeah Navy, Navy and Georgetown or something like that. Yeah, no, that was that was sick. And all of all overtime games should be played with a brave heart for sure. I mean, think about it. You can have, you know, if you give them, if you change it up, and you give them this is this is how I would want it. I would give them a short overtime period, right? Like I call it, like you're set to satisfy all of the people who are like, well, they should be able to play, blah blah blah. Give them like eight minutes, right? It's not as long as a normal period. Right, but it's short enough that somebody could probably win. At the end of eight minutes, go to a Braveheart. Right, you're literally putting up your best player against their best player, putting them on the goalies. All right, and then that becomes a strategy thing because you know, do you put your best pole out there? Do you put your face-off guy who's just going to pinch and pop? You know, uh, do I mean, is it a chess match? Like, do they get timeouts? You know, if like there's there's a lot that goes into it. I think that would be that would be exciting. Um, I know it'll never happen, but I would like to think that us talking about it is enough of a conversation that important people who listen to the, to the podcast, which they do, will push it to the right people. What if you bring both nets up to, re- up to the restraining lines and then you go three on three and, and first team to score three? Interesting. Like... Uh, Three on three, first team to score three. Interesting. Well, just because I, I, I feel like at, at that, like someone could probably just like step in from wherever and, and, and sit with the goals that close together. So I, I feel like the first goal might be a little anticlimactic because we might get that first goal like in is like it, the first in, in yeah. like the first twenty seconds. Um, Do you get to make substitutions? Yeah, and like maybe maybe after each shot. All right, so after each shot, whoever shot that ball is now out, and, and then a new guy has to come in. Hmm. Okay. We're just thinking, still, just, just thinking out loud th- here. I, I'll, think, I'll think it through. Let it marinate on your skull for a little bit. I still like the Braveheart, and I believe in it you know, wholeheartedly. All right, well, another game that would, would be great to end in a Braveheart – uh, would be the Towson Tigers heading to Homewood, home of, of your Jake at Call Me Shido, uh, a, a tuition payer, the boss now of Coach Petromala. So Correct. you pay his salary. So what are you looking forward to seeing your Blue Jays do against this, this Towson Tigers team, a team that, that lost a lot, a lot of talent from last year. 
They did. Uh, the Towson Tigers did lose a lot of talent. What they did not lose is whoever's designing their swag because that person did not graduate. They still work there because I saw a peak of some Towson buckets that look absolutely out of this world. The chrome they're looking nice. I'm a, I'm a little out on the half white, half black chin stra- you know, chin on the bucket, but you know, that's a conversation for a different time. Yes. As Dave Petromala's boss right now, um, I would love for the boys to get out there and, you know, kick the shit out of Towson. Will it happen? I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be a nice close game. Uh, I've been watching the Hopkins team. I think they're developing quite nicely. There's some question about whether or not Joey Epstein is going to dress. Uh, you know, Joey had a absolutely fantastic year last year. There was some question about whether or not a freshman can step into a, a goal scoring role, um, immediately. And it's so funny, like, 10, 12, 14, 15 years ago, you know, I don't think that freshmen made such of an impact on on some of these teams. And they, they, you know, if you were a freshman, it was like, okay, you either had to be fucking Mikey Powell or you're going to ride the bench for a year and then you'll get to start as a sophomore once the seniors are out and things like that. And now we have freshmen making an impact immediately. That's what Epstein did last year. I mean, Chris Gray did it his first year. You know, you 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 love to see it. Brendan Nickturn at Army did it his first year. So, um, I like it. You know, uh, I got hop in this one. Obviously, now that I'm a student, I can't. With I, I, I can't. You know, I, I can't root against Hopkins. I can't. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, this was. This was a game last year that was uh, quite shocking. So Towson taking away the 17-8 to shit-pumping over the Blue Jays last year. Um, you know, and, and again, there, there was, you know, plenty of guys on that roster last year that, that won't be around uh, on Saturday. You know, you got uh, Brendan Sunday, Alex Woodall. But, I mean, you still got that giant son of a bitch, Tyler Canto, between the pipes. Um, you know, you, you still got plenty of guys who, uh, you know, can ball out a little bit there and for, for, uh, Hopkins, it's a little bit, uh, on the opposite spectrum. So, you know, they, you know, you lose Kyle Marr, that's, you know, that's a big one. Um, but I mean, Epstein, who, again, we're not quite sure if he's, I don't know if we're just idiots and haven't seen any like legitimate updates on whether or not he's, I search his name on Twitter all the time. Keep keep uh, okay. in mind I'm keep in mind weird, here, people, but... that uh, we are recording this on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday, and like uh, an update came out on Thursday night about Epstein who didn't kill himself, um, that's that's not on us. But you know, Cole Williams back, uh, Forey Smith, PA kid, Brett Baskin, PA kid. So I mean, they're just gonna ride those those Philly boys. I think that this. You, you don't get worse than eight and eight at Hopkins. Like, I, I just don't think that that's possible in, in the world. So things can only go up for, for the Blue Jays this year from last year. So I think that this will be a good little test for them right off the bat. They are getting the two and a half goals. I feel like I, I'm, big, I'm big on the underdogs this week. So I'm going to go – I like Towson to cover 
I think that this will be a real tight game. Uh, it'll probably be back and forth. We'll be on like a seesaw, a yo-yo, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Hopkins puts, you know, one more away in like the final minute of the game when, you know, they got Canto running around trying to cover people. And that'll, you know, that'll put it to a two-goal win for Hopkins. I'd love to see that. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't? Um, I mean, it's just like, it's like one of those things is, you know, does losing all of your players. I mean, it, it's kind of, it, does losing a class that big and some of those key players for Towson, does it just drop them to the, to the absolute bottom or do, you know, is, is there like a nice next man up mentality that's going on there? Um, I mean, I, I like hop uh for for the game but who's to say that you know Towson you know re- absolutely just reloads and comes back out there firing um who knows that's, that's that's the beauty of the beginning of the season literally no one knows so we could be completely fucking wrong which wouldn't be the first time won't be the last um but yeah so i i'm i'm going Towson to cover uh and and i think a, a blue jays win are you, did you make a pick in that one? And, and as far as the two and a half goes? Yeah. Hot money line. Uh, if that, if that makes sense. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a huge gambler. I am very pro gambling. Uh, I think that if you have disposable income, you should spend it on gambling or whatever the fuck you spend it on. It's none of my business. Um, even if your wife says no. So there's that. Please play responsibly. Um, yeah, so I, I like, I like that pick. I like, uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I, I just, at the very least, please don't let this be a shit kicking again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a last week was, was fun. It was great to get college across back in our lives. I would love to see some, some closer games, uh, this week. So let's just keep these ones. Although one of them that I don't think is going to be close at all is going to be taking place uh, just a you know quick little half-hour drive from my apartment as the Penn State Nittany Lions will head to the main line of Pennsylvania to take on the Villanova Wildcats. Uh, this is a game that was a 17-7, uh, so very similar to that Towson-Hopkins score from last year. So it was a 17-7 win for Penn State last year, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same this year. I think Penn State left a lot of of gas left in the tank from last weekend against Lafayette. Um, you know, we we saw Grant Ament get himself going. Um, he also, he had that like one behind the back dish on the man up to Mac O'Keefe. So like we we see him starting to be like, okay, now I remember that I'm the best player in college lacrosse. I can like just fuck up everyone here. Um, and then Grant Ament just bullets 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 um so they they were getting themselves going but i felt like they were just warming up the engines and now they're charlie's angels to full throttle against villanova this weekend i think that this is this has a chance to get ugly the over under for this game is set at 26 and a half i like i like penn state to put up like 19 so no, I totally I mean I, I I agree with that. I think that they'll put up twenty-two or twenty-three. Um not to say that there's anything wrong with Villanova. Like, I mean, they're absolutely, you know, a very prestigious program. They've got some ballers, but 
the level at which Penn State plays you know, unbothered. They're, they're, Mac O'Keefe and Grant Ament are essentially uh, unbothered by whatever goes on in the lacrosse game. They could probably, they're like Patrick Mahomes, down by 30 points. They're like, all right, it's whatever. We're fine. You know, they should probably, if they started, you know, it, the funny thing is if they started every game five goals down, they would just win by an excess, like five more goals. Yeah. Uh, I think that they just, they love it that much. Yeah, and it's just like, I, I don't even know how to like, it's, it's not cockiness. Like that's not what it is. Um, like it, it, I don't think that they're like going into games, like, like not giving a shit and like, Oh yeah, I'm just like so much, but it's just, it's overall just like, like they're just so much better than, than every, I can't think of it, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, with Chris Gray and, and that attack at North Carolina, but I just, I don't see any other one-two punch combo like Grant Amet and Mac O'Keefe. And like these two, uh, I, I got, I got to look up their, their career number, like wh- whatever their career numbers are, right. Like it'll be between the two of them. They have to have some sort of a career record between, between the two points wise, at least in terms of like, just overall, like in, in, in like a, maybe not the career, but the season. Um, fucking freaks. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think we're both on board there. Where Penn State just rolls. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, not even close. Yep. Uh, well, moving on to the defending champs, the Virginia Cavaliers. They will be hosting the Loyola Greyhounds, and this will be the first game in quite some time where Loyola does not have one Patrick Spencer leading the way at attack. Uh, so the Pat Spencer era is over in college across. He's, he's currently balling the fuck out at Northwestern. Um, the team sucks ass, but I, I think he's been having a pretty good year. Uh, but yeah, uh, Northwestern Jesus just, all you guys had to do was just go on one magical run and you would have had lacrosse fans for the rest of your program's history. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You've ruined our sweet boy, Pat. Um, but no, so Loyola, I mean, it, it's just, I, I, what a tough off season for the Greyhounds to not only lose Pat Spencer to graduation, but then you also have Chase Scanlon transferring to Syracuse. I mean, those are, those are two weapons that like, I don't think that any team would be able to, to fill right away. Um, and I mean, sure. Like you still have Kevin Lindley there, but you know, he had, he had 60 goals and four assists last year. Right. So who's getting him the ball now? Like, you, you know, it, that it, is, that is a not that many assists. Yeah. There's I mean, very few. I mean, uh, Aiden Olmstead, he had a more, uh, a more well-rounded 25 goals, 21 assists last year. But, you know, when Kevin Lindley has 60 goals and f- has 60 goals and Pat Spencer has 65 assists last year, well, now you have to figure out who's going to get him those, you know, who's going to get him that ball because I, I think that we're going to get a, a big-time drop-off in that G column for pretty much everyone on this offense. I mean, that's 
that's what's the terrifying part, right? Is graduating of, you know, how, how you take a few guys out and it kind of just takes the wind out of your sails. Um, I mean, I, I hate that for them, but at the same time, like that's kind of how it goes, you know? Yeah. Like, the, and, and, and I don't want to say that losing Pat Spencer means that you're also losing Kevin Lindley, but are you losing 60 goal Kevin Lindley? Abs- absolutely. Um, yes. And, and then for, for Virginia, I mean, this team is besides Ryan Conrad, they're bringing back pretty much Ryan Conrad and, uh, and, and Mikey Herring. Other than that, the defending champs are bringing back everybody. Hmm. So I, I, I mean, I, th- I think that, that just, uh, I, I think that that answers my pick for you right there. Um, you know, when, when one team loses their, their best two players and the defending champs lose, you know, Ryan Conrad was a, was a great player. He's, he's, got, he's a great pro now, but it's not like he's necessarily the guy who's just like crushing you. Like he's a, he's a guy who does all the little things, um, you know, all the stuff that doesn't make it into the papers the next day and, and all that stuff that it takes to win and all, all the gritty stuff and, and this and that. But Matt Moore is the guy who's putting up, you know, 90 points in a season. Michael Krause is the guy who's putting up 80 points in the season. Ian Laviano is the guy who's putting up 70 points in the season. Doc Aiken's the guy who's putting up 50 points. So, like, all those guys are still there. So, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, think that, I think that the Cavs are primed for another trip to Memorial Day weekend, and they get it going against Loyola. Yeah, I think they're a solid all-around team, just like uh, just like the Yales of the world, right? Um, I mean, Yale always kind of, or in the past few years, has put up just very solid, well-rounded teams. I think Virginia is the same way, and I think they will continue to be. So I'm pumped for that game, uh, just to kind of, and I, I guess the reason that I'm super pumped um, for kind of this. I don't know, week one, week two, whatever you want to call it, is that we get to see glimpses of teams that we haven't seen yet. And I think that the first glimpse of the new team is always very exciting. So I'm pumped. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, always, I always love that Loyola, Virginia, um, whether it, it's typically a, a season opener between those two, I think. Um, but again, that, I mean, that's just that this is now post Pat Spencer era Loyola and it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I, I'll say that it won't be a, a total ass kicking. Um, I, I think that Virginia will cover that three pretty easily, but I think it'll be more in like the, the five goal win range as opposed to like close to 10. So I'll give them a little bit benefit of the doubt, but it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like without Spencer and without Scanlon. Um, and, and yet yeah, it, it sounded like you were on the same page there as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one more game to talk about for this weekend before we wrap things up. Um, by the way, like I mentioned, all these games are, are either like 12 or, or one o'clock. Um, haven't really mentioned that as, as we've been going on here. Um, but 1 PM on Saturday, the Utah Utes will be making a trip over to Lehigh. And this is, a, this is a, another sneaky under-the-radar game. 
where I think that, you know, Utah is obviously, you know, they're a newer program, but I think that they're primed for success, right? I mean, the coaching staff there just is, is obviously going to get these guys going. Um, you know, they started off the season with a nice little 16-10 win against Bellarmine. And then Lehigh is a team where I, I think now with the Patriot being wide open, um, this is this could definitely be a big time year for Lehigh. I think, you know, with, with Chris Gray transferring out of Boston, um, with Pat Spencer graduating, or I mean, I guess graduating and then transferring to Northwestern with, uh, Scanlon transferring, you know, the, the Patriot is wide open. Um, you know, Johnny Serdick graduating from, from army. So, you know, now Lehigh has a chance, um, you know, they, they had a good run last year, uh, and you know, they, they lose Lucas Spence and, and Tristan Rye, um, and, you know, and a bunch of their, their top scorers on offense, but a guy who they bring back and just an absolute grotesque shooter, one of the filthiest shooters in all of the game, Andrew Pettit, uh, coming back after tearing his ACL last year. This is a kid who, for the longest time, I th- I thought I thought for sure that he was a Canadian just because of just how how smooth that lefty stroke is and how he just refuses to put it into his right hand. I thought for sure that Andrew Pettit was a was a Canadian. Turns out he's from Delaware, which I mean, it's kind of the same thing because nobody knows where it is exactly, and just it's like everyone's like listening to you talk, and they're like, ah, you're from Delaware, shut up. Um, but when the kid shoots, the people listen. Uh, so with Pettit coming back, I think that, you know, they've got a, a one of the best face-off guys in the nation with Mike Sisselberger, uh, great goalie between the pipes and James Spence. So this is a big year for Lehigh starting off their season, um, you know, with a, with a real solid opponent in Utah. So I think that this is going to be one of those games where, uh, you know, right now Lehigh is getting four and a half goals. Uh, so that might be, that might be a little bit too much juice for me. I, 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 I like Lehigh coming out on this one, but I think that this is going to be a very good and very close game. Hmm. Okay. I see you. But yeah, so um, just just one of those ones where you know, like like you know, if if you're talking to your friends, you're talking about this weekend slate of games, and you know everyone's going to be bringing up uh, Duke High Point, or everyone's going to be talking about Towson Hopkins. But like, if if you want to be the guy who sounds like you really know what you're talking about, let them know. Hey, hey, I got this little nugget for you: Utah Lehigh sneaky game of the week. I dig that. I dig that. Um, I I like the Utah program a lot, um, mostly just because they came from club. You know that the club club to D one is uh, is what a lot of programs aspire to do. Um, so I totally dig that. Uh, <sighs> trying to think. I mean, I'm I'm trying to consider my ups and downs with Lehigh and Utah. I would love for another close game. I think that's one of the last ones of the day. It's it's a it's a one p.m. game. Uh, okay, so, you then know, no. We, well, Ugh. so so Loyola Virginia. That's a two p.m. game. So okay. shout out to the schedulers for that. You know that'll take us until you know four. Um, Denver Air Force. They're getting going at three p.m. Again, all this is Eastern Standard Time. Um, 
if, if, if you're on another time zone, whatever, deal with it, suck it. Um, but yeah, so th- this is, this is another one of those 1 PM games. So it might be a little tough for some of you guys to watch if, if you don't want to turn off Towson Hopkins, um, you know, or if you also have Penn State, you know, Penn State, Villanova, Towson Hopkins, those would be like on your two biggest screens, but maybe if you have like an iPad or something, you might want to throw this one on. Yeah, I think that's probably what I'll do. Um, I think I like Lehigh simply because of Andrew Pettit being back, but I'm a huge fan of the Utah program. I would love for Utah to go on a, you know, go on a run. I think that, you know, uh, I think what the Holmans are doing there is, is fantastic. And I, I believe in all of the, uh, it, I almost said miss what Midwestern folk out there, but I, I honestly kind of consider Utah to be the Midwest. Uh, everything that isn't it's Cal. The, it's the Midwest with beautiful views. I think it's like everything that isn't California, Oregon and Washington all the, pretty much all the way over to like, Pennsylvania to me that's the Midwest I, yeah, I think I'm right about that I, I, I would agree with that then everything above Pennsylvania is New York and then everything south of Virginia is Florida that yeah I mean that's geography 101 with Jake um, I will say that I, I, I think that the NCAA needs to step in here and uh, just let let Utah play strictly home games let everyone go to Utah let everyone soak in that that beautiful sky, just what a, a sight to behold. So, um, I mean, the university is just absolutely punching that credit card, getting them flights to wherever the fuck they need to go. Same with Denver though. You know, I mean, what's Utah's endowment? It's probably, hold on. Well, Utah though, I mean, Utah still has like a, like a pretty, a pretty big football program. Very, yeah. very close to making. They, they they were very close to making the college football playoff this year. So like they're they're getting like Denver. I mean Denver has has the hockey team, um, but I mean yeah. they're not they're not really breaking in money from that. Like I, okay, uh, University of Utah, right? Yes, uh, their endowment is one point one eight seven billion. Yeah, so they that's upper bang, echelon of endowments. Black, so yeah, black card, black card, swipe it, swipe it, swipe yeah, it. Yeah, swipe swipe um, that shit. But yeah, it, it's just a shame because Lehigh is also in in a mountainous area, um, not not nearly as beautiful as Utah. Uh, but yeah, so that is our weekend slate of games, or at least all the ones that you should care about this week. Um, Den- Denver Air Force is also a good, you know, with Air Force. I mean, they they beat Duke, so you have to give them the credit there. Um, you know, and then that's a an interstate rivalry with Denver, so that'll be a good one. And it's also um, what did we say that that game's at, at 3 p.m. Eastern? So you know that'll give you something a little bit later to chew on. Um, but you know it's still a good game. But I, I don't know. I don't really know if if we need to get too much into that one. So that is the weekend slate of games: uh, Colgate and Cuse to this afternoon at 4 p.m. Uh, you know, and then just tomorrow. That again, if anyone in your life tries to get you to do anything. Uh, between the hours of 12 p.m. and like 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, tell them to kick rocks, eat shit, and we will be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.
backyard to find out if we was one of those ready boys. Stood there with my neighbor, Carl Peter, in a flat skirt passer. He told me he built a Yeah. 